Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today, 439-6028. 439-6028. Whether it's tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning, emergency service, bucket truck at service, and bobcat service. Since 2006, they've been performing tree removal service on top of that. Nothing stumps. Yankee Tree Service, they provide stump grinding. Enjoy your landscape without the eyesore. As far as pruning, well, let them get up there. Oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down. At Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439 6028 439 6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439 6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com you're listening to the john DePietro show folks weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's am 1380 99.9 fm remember you can always listen online at our website petro.com it is thursday it's a very hot day as a matter of fact on this thursday august 4th and this portion of the program brought to you by pr landscape materials and garden center right now boy what a selection they have vegetables farm fresh they do such a great job available sweet corn delicious zucchini tomatoes cucumbers stop it and see them located 3688 quaker lane in north kingstown look for them on facebook but it's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Everything you're looking for to make your home a showpiece. And also right now, instead of getting a fence, the Abravite they have it's, uh, is as high as 11 feet. That sets a nice natural barrier for the privacy you want. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Well, folks, uh, for many years, Alex Jones uh, certainly had a lot of success and uh, his life dramatically changed, and the the life of Infowars really changed uh, yesterday. With uh, it, you know, and it, and it's hard to uh, actually, it's impossible to feel bad. Um, this is someone I don't know what kind of an attorney he had, unless they're purposely doing this in order to um, try to get a mistrial here. We will check it with our. Uh, legal expert attorney tim dodd but yesterday is the type of day you do not want to have in a courtroom and i want to play this is uh from the today show jury now has the case at the defamation trial of infowars conspiracy theorist alex jones sandy hook families took him to court over his repeated claims that the school massacre was a hoax and yesterday, Jones finally conceded it was 100% real. NBC's Ann Thompson is here with the very latest. Hey, Ann. Good morning, Hoda. The jury is resuming deliberations this morning after a fiery day of testimony and closing arguments and what Alex Jones himself called a Perry Mason moment. The people that don't For years, InfoWars host Alex Jones claimed the Sandy Hook school shooting was staged. Sandy Hook is a synthetic, completely fake, with actors, in my view, manufactured. A hoax. They're recycling a green screen behind them. But facing parents seeking $150 million in damages, he changed his story in court. Especially since I've met the parents, and uh, it's, it's, it's 100% real. A dramatic about-face on a day when Jones was also called out as a liar. You know what perjury is, right? The plaintiff's attorney accusing Jones of withholding evidence. Your attorneys messed up and sent me an entire digital copy of your entire cell phone with every text message you've sent for the past two years. And that is how I know you lied to me when you said you didn't have text messages about Sandy Hook. Jones is being sued by the parents of Jesse Lewis, one of 21st graders killed in the massacre. They say Jones' lies made their lives a living hell. 
My home was shot up. Vehicles were shot up in my yard. Jesse's mother, Scarlett Lewis, spoke directly to Jones, pleading with Jones to stop spreading falsehoods. I know you believe me. And yet you're going to get, you're going to leave this courthouse and you're going to say it again. On his show this week, he went after Jesse's father and his testimony. He is um, being manipulated by some very bad people. Throughout the trial, Jones has tested the patience of the judge. This is not your show. Who took him to task for not telling the truth earlier this week. You're already under oath to tell the truth. You've already violated that oath twice today. So this morning, the big question is, what does the jury think? The plaintiff's attorney showed a video of Jones insulting the panel on his show. The jury will decide how much, if anything, Jones has to pay Jesse's parents. The court has already found him liable for defamation in a summary judgment issued last year. It's just the first of several lawsuits from Sandy Hook families who have spent years fighting back against Jones and other conspiracy theorists. Mm. All right, Ann Thompson for us. You know what's amazing about that, folks? And again, um, <clears throat> it's the John DePietro show. What is um, just amazing to me is for years, I would hear from different people, especially after, I mean, I was on, live on the air when Sandy Hook was happening and playing out in real time. It was the first time I really saw also the the power of Twitter because we were able to report on what was happening in real time. For years, I would hear from people telling me but especially in the aftermath right in the very aftermath i remember that like where is this coming from these people would call send email uh it's all fake why are you going along with this and and they believed it all and i i never i and then when i finally found like where is this coming from then you still have he'll still have the defenders saying well he wasn't the only one there were other people you can't just blame him there were other people along with this he um now unless and we will speak with our legal uh, expert attorney tim dodd I, unless they purposely did that so then he can go after his attorney and and claim he wasn't getting proper representation otherwise <clears throat> you just have to wonder um who who did he hire i mean there'll be the conspiracy people will stay in the bunker and still insist that it's all still made up uh they still believe him um he had to say that blah 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 whatever it is it uh these people that go down in a rabbit hole i i really believe there's a lot of people that they search around they have a certain narrative they want and then they just search to find it that's basically what it comes down to they search to try to find uh some evidence or news that will back up what they what they want for whatever reason what they want to believe they want to shop for the truth. Can you imagine on a day like today, if you could shop around and try to find a forecast that says that it's actually going to be, you know, 75 and very comfortable. Um, it's not like that with the news. So, but again, Alex Jones, he brought this on himself. I don't think he meant to look that way. And now those text messages could now start to show up in the January 6th hearings. I believe they might. So, all right, folks, we also have a lot of unique original stories on the website. Visit it. It's DePetro.com. You're listening to The John DePetro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care. Urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families specializing in ambulatory medicine diagnostic treatment service at med urgent care they provide immunization school sports physicals they're a cost-efficient health care alternative to hospital-based emergencies they're open seven days a week walk-in routine urgent care minor surgical orthopedic and trauma work-related injuries physical exams drug testing full laboratory services and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from COVID, you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, 
online at atmedurgentcare.net. You are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Joining us right now, columnist of the Boston Globe, mainly focuses on Rhode Island. It is uh, Dan McGowan. And Dan McGowan, in Roadmap today, you lay out, I think, pretty effectively. It's one of those things Rhode Island has enjoyed a little bit of a window here with uh, with Massachusetts not involved with sports betting. That's changing. And, uh, and out of the box, just wondering how much you think maybe the, the age things. And there are a number of Massachusetts people that are sports betting in Rhode Island. Yeah, I mean, think about this. 25% of the people who are registered to use the Rhode Island Sportsbook app um, are have Massachusetts addresses. So mm. the bottom line is this is going to be you know a major challenge, I think, for the state. It is going to cost the state, Rhode, the state of Rhode Island money because people are going to choose to, um, you know, to bet in their home state. The other thing is, is that you're going to have a little bit of, we always talk about, you know, the, the kind of the sales tax things and like, you know, do you go to Seekonk versus being in East Providence? Massachusetts is going to have a little bit of an advantage there. The way they uh, created their law, they're going to have up to seven um, online or I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Online like apps that you can use. So think DraftKings or Caesars, whereas Rhode Island only has the one. And so if you're really into sports betting and we're going to start basically right around football season, which is the prime time for sports betting, you know, you're going to be able to shop for better deals. You're going to be able to, you know, potentially there'll be better promotions in Massachusetts. So I think this is going to be significant. Now, one thing Rhode Island has a little bit of an edge on uh, Rhode Island's laws. You're allowed to start sports betting at 18. Massachusetts will be 21. So there's a little bit of a challenge there. But remember, I mean, for, for people wagering, you know, uh, uh, larger amounts and, and the, the bulk of people are going to be over the age of 21 anyway. Um, but yeah, this is going to be a challenge. You know, the state has been preparing for this. They did a, a study last year, hired an outside advisor that said, you know, what's the impact of a whole bunch of different scenarios, but really Connecticut and Massachusetts having sports betting. And it could be 16, 17, almost $20 million annually that Rhode Island loses to Connecticut and Massachusetts. Um, and so, you know, not, not going to break the bank necessarily, but it is going to be uh, fairly significant. It'll be interesting to see going forward if Rhode Island, uh, you know, potentially makes changes based on what Massachusetts does. The big question will be, you know, in a couple of years, the state's contracts open up again. And will there be a scenario where we start to see more companies be allowed into to, um, Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401 885 4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508 252 3359. Propane heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24 7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing. Ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button. And remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus. And remember, with propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 885 4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508 252 3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them, 401-885-4209. We were uh, speaking with Dan McGowan. And, Dan, you were just finishing up that, you know, listen, it's going to have impact. It's a matter of how much it's going to have impact, uh, what changes they make, and then what Rhode Island might do to try to adapt to it. I'm not sure there's a lot that, that we can actually do, but it, uh, but but something that could – the competition is here. Yeah, that, and that's exactly what it is. I mean, you're right. There's not a lot because, look, Massachusetts is bigger, right? Uh, the big one will be, can will Rhode Island decide at some point to allow multiple uh, vendors in, which could become more attractive? That's how you, you, know, you separate yourself uh, from the competition because, you know, for people who really like sports betting, they are actually hunting for 
you know, a half a point on the Patriots line and things like that. And that's what these companies do in order to bring in more, you know, more betters, they will, you know, change lines. They'll do whatever they can to get those, the the customers, right. The, The biggest thing about that business is customer acquisition. Once you have them, you know, the thought process is you'll always keep them, but you got to get them in. And that's the, the, the idea is, you know, if, if you have multiple apps, you know, they're all going to be competing with each other. Rhode Island just has the one. It's actually pretty, you know, flaky and kind of not a great uh, a product. And so, you know, if you're in that, as I said before, if you're in that situation of you're, you know, you're right on the, the Seekonk line, it won't be that hard to, you know, go to the stop and shop parking lot and, and place your bets because you, you get better deals in Massachusetts. In Rhode Island also, I, you had to go to Twin River to register to get the app. So, you know, uh, people that are out of state or even if they're from here but maybe live elsewhere, they cannot – they can't be part of it. You have That's to right. go there. So, yeah. you know, masks could make it easier. Now, Dan McGowan, you wrote uh, – again, folks, speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, big piece on uh, Nervil the Fortune. And one thing I noticed that I, I have been in Providence quite a bit the past couple of days is – Boy, it as in riding around, it looks like a two-person race. I see Brett Smiley signs. I see Gonzalo signs. I don't see the the parts that I've been in. I don't. I don't see a lot of signage for her campaign. You're you're exactly right. And uh, you know, it's funny. Before I wrote this, but after I sat down with her or, or followed her around for a uh, you know an entire night last week basically this weekend, this past weekend, I drove around to the, through the entire city. Cause you know, yep. what, while these, you know, signs don't necessarily vote, they do give you an indication of kind of who's organized because organization is what gets your signs out. And you're, you, you've hit it on the head. You know, I live in the Mount Pleasant neighborhood. You see a lot of David Salvatore and a lot of Sam Bell signs. You see a lot of Gonzalo Cuervo signs who lives, yep. you know, right down the street from me and, and lives on right on Mount Pleasant Avenue. Uh, you know, go to the east side, you see lots of uh, Brett Smiley signs. Like there's other parts of the city you see a little bit of mix. And what I think the challenge that Nirvilla Fortune has is, you know, I, 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 the way I summed it up in, in my column on her is, you know, she's got this very compelling life story. I think it resonates with a lot of people. You know, it's your classic I'm an, I was an undocumented immigrant, came here from from Haiti, you know, did all the right things, got educated, uh, you know, I work, you know, I own a house, I got elected to the city council. Um, and it, But the problem is, is that that real life is, is, is the thing that holds her back, right? She has to work every day. She's raising a, you know, she's a single mom raising two kids. And, and where you really see her, um, I think, falling behind the two other candidates for mayor is when it comes to kind of that organization. She just can't be in as many places. And I saw her just a couple of weeks ago. She was in my neighborhood knocking on doors by herself, you know, wasn't wasn't staffed by an intern. She was literally doing this by herself. Um, The thing that that's striking about her is, you know, if you looked at, we we talked about Mayor Lorz's poll last week, you know, she's she was right around 20 percent. There's some disputes. The Smiley campaign certainly thinks that it's they're in a better place than uh, and she's in kind of a, a, you know, further down, maybe in the low, the low teens. Um, the thing you notice about her is when she's out with people, she resonates, right? She's good at doing the retail politics, yep. she finds the way to, you know, connect with you. And she was, we were on the South side and she was talking about, you know, where she used to get her haircut and things like that. People like that stuff. The problem is that if you can't hit that many people, you only got five, six weeks to go. And, you know, you're even in the case of, of, of the meet and greet that I was at, you know, it, this is a, a, a it was, I think it was a Wednesday night. Yeah, because it's the day I talked to you last. And, uh, you know, it's a Wednesday night. There's 12 people there that she's talking to. Now, they all liked her. <laughs> they, they were impressed. But it was 12 people, yeah. over, you know, over the course of, what, three hours. Wow. Yeah, that's four people an hour that you're winning over. That that pace is not going to work. And so no. it's interesting. What I think she has the real chance to do, 
is play spoiler in this race though because i do think she has this situation where because people like her because she you know she can tell a pretty good story she's not gonna and uh, this is not gonna be what matt brown is in the governor's race she's not gonna get eight percent of the vote she's probably gonna be somewhere in those teens she could creep into the low 20s so then the question becomes who does she take away from now i think traditionally as somebody who's covered the city for a really long time i would have said she takes away from brett smiley they both live on the east side you know she's she's a little more liberal than he is they're all liberals they're all you know far to the left but um i'm starting to think differently i'm starting to think that she actually might be the person who puts brett smiley into the office because I, I think she's going to eat up some of that progressive support that Gonzalo Cuervo has tried to um, really carve out. And so if that's the case, you know, you end up in a spot where they're, you know, everyone's kind of fighting for 32, 33, 34 percent. And right now it, it appears that Brett Smiley, with all the money and all the organization, probably benefits from that. You know, one of the thing, uh, Dan McGon, before we break, the other thing that just stands out to me is the. When, when people hear, I'm, I'm mentioning, I see the signs, it goes beyond the signs. They're, some of them, they're, they're very large. The yes. lessness is incredible. And, you know, certain parts of like off Broad Street, you'll see on one side of a fence is Gonzalo. But I mean, it's like down to his waist, a full, oh, yeah. full picture. <laughs> and it's really well done. And then right now, on the other side is Brett Smiley and the same type of thing. So I, I yeah. just never, this is, do we do these signs have like a, a name or something? I've just never seen them before. The likeness is incredible. Yeah, I call them face signs. But I don't okay, know what face they're... signs. Yeah, wow, it, it, it is. You know, it's strange. I, a couple of years ago, I think I was I was still working at Channel Twelve, but I, I did a story on what's a good campaign sign versus what isn't. And I'll say this: universally, people thought well, universally, except I suppose with with one exception, people thought that. You know, your face on your sign is a bad idea, right? Because people aren't voting for your face. Right. The one thing, the one area in Providence that people thought the the face mattered more than anything was the South Side. Uh, oh. For for whatever reason, people that I, mean, I don't know if this goes to you know what politics looks like in the Dominican or whatever, but face signs are very popular. If you go if you go down you know Broad Street, you look at who's running for state senator who's running for city council you see a lot of face signs you know people your, your face on the uh, on the picture and you're right it's fascinating to see um you know right across from one another in fact even in my neighborhood in mount pleasant there's a corner of mount pleasant and chalkstone fairly busy intersection there's a you know a little store that has a big giant picture of brett smiley's face and that's you know, five houses, six houses down from where Gonzalo lives. Uh, wow. And so he has to see that every single day. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Dan McGowan, columnist of the Boston Globe, right here on the John DePietro Show. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair-pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years' experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month, they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, Call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now. 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. We're speaking with Dan McGowan, columnist of the Boston Globe. Dan, uh, big write-up, folks, in today's Boston Globe. Uh, your colleague, Ed Fitzpatrick, there was a gubernatorial. They, they're still doing it, by the way. I'm surprised, actually, that Ashley Kalis is still allowed <laughs> in on this. But anyhow, it was over at Island College, and it was uh, total focused on 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 the climate, on climate and, and climate change. And, you know, in just going through the article, I, I really agree with Helena folks as far as that 
that CRMC, that that board for years, I don't know how they get away with it, but um, what, what can you tell us about the forum last night? Yeah, I you know I watched from home. I didn't go to the debate, and uh, and we, you're right. We have a big article about it. Ed Fitzpatrick moderated it. I think my colleague Brian Amaral wrote about it. You know the challenge with these debates, and and they're good. They're, it's I think it's good to have issues based um, debates. But what you really learn is, you know, these candidates, for the most part, can be sort of uh, a mile wide and inch deep on issues. Yeah. Right? The, the, the challenge with the environment is it's such a passionate thing for the people who care very deeply for all the environmental groups and god bless them for good reason um but you really learn in the course of 90 minutes you know you had governor mckee sort of you know had kind of had to stare down at his you know the the facts on paper of you know remind himself okay this right. is what you know this is what i got done and it's because it's not something just you know it's just a fact that it's just not something that they're talking about every day. Helena folks knocking on doors and, you know, in Narragansett isn't getting asked every single day about her policy on, right. you know, on climate. I do think you, you've hit it on the head. The key to these kind of forums becomes, you know, how do I avoid uh, being kind of the, 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 the most criticized person in the room, right? You don't want to be booed by the environmental groups. So what they all try to do is, you know, put out their, their ideas and their plans, you know, right before, uh, you know, or a week before they have these forums. And in Helena Folk's case, I do think she grabbed a little bit of headlines, a little bit of attention by saying, yeah, we're going to get, we're going to change the process, you know, of appointing them uh, to the, to the CRMC. We're going to, you know, I think she says we're going to have a secretary of climate change or some version of that. Um, you know, I, I think that's a smart, play by her because that's not a friendly room for her right that's that's you know that room is going to be more progressive it's going to be some people who are um you know who are probably leaning towards somebody like matt brown um and, and there was a good there was only fireworks i mean these things you've been to them they're not exactly the most riveting no uh, you know not at all there was some good back and forth between Matt Brown uh, and and uh, his former, uh, you know, number two, Nellie Gorbea, uh, where you know, Matt Brown was trying to kind of score a few points by saying, you know, you should give back money from the fossil fuel industry or, you know, whoever's donated to her. And she basically laughed him off, brushed him off and said, look, this is what, you know, you essentially you people try to do, you know, you want to box me in, but I'm a serious person who's, you know, who's going to work hard. And like, this isn't about gotcha moments. You could see they were a little on edge. And I think Nell Gorbea has got a challenge because she needs to grab, you know, she needs to take the few people left who are supporting Matt Brown. And she needs to convince them that she is the most progressive person who can win the race. Because if you're just voting for Matt Brown, you might feel good, but you're not voting for the next governor of Rhode Island. Yeah. Uh, Dan McGowan, speaking of that, first of all, I actually don't like, I think it's late in the game for these types of forums. And they're more, to me, it's more of a discussion than a debate. And, and I don't, I don't think there's a lot of value to it. That's especially, you know, when the real meat and potatoes are in all the general issues, but just starting off with what is the deal with, with, with Matt Brown? Like what kind of, this is a non-campaign unless does, does he have something else going on or is there some strategy that he's employing? It's just, I, I, one thing I'll say was in 2018, he was far more visible than he is this time around. He was far more visible. He was, he was far more aggressive, right? Yeah. You know, he, he certainly made a splash for himself. Um, it's almost like he's taken a back seat, you know, on, on a multiple levels. Number one, you know, uh, C- Cynthia Mendez, the lieutenant governor, seems poor, uh, the lieutenant governor candidate uh, who he's running with, uh, seems poised to probably do better in the election. I'm not sure she's going to win, but, you know, do better in the election than he does. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's almost like she should have been kind of she should have been the, the gubernatorial candidate for the yeah. for the far left. Um, and then, you know, they're, they're so focused, that group, the co-op, is so focused on, you know, electing people down ticket, people to the General Assembly, even down to city council races in different parts of the state, that there's almost just not a lot of shine. This is something I wrote about and we discussed 
you know, when Matt Brown got in the race. The big question for Matt Brown when he jumped in was of the 30-odd percent that he got against Gina Raimondo, how much of that was just a protest vote? What we're finding out now is that very clearly a huge chunk of that vote uh, yeah. was, you know, was just anybody but, but Raimondo because now, you know, he's in this spot where there are other choices. There are people who are maybe not as, you know, pure to the left as he is, but Nelly Gourbet is making a case. I think Helena Folks is making a case to, you know, particularly to female voters to say, hey, like, you know, I, I, I'm a reasonable person. And, um, you know, I, I think people are looking at her. And I think then, you know, the other challenge here is when you have a lot, when, when you're the incumbent governor who's got lots of kind of institutional union support, there are going to be progressives who just kind of fall in line with what they believe in or what they're, you know, what they think they should believe in. So I think they're all kind of taking from Matt Brown in, in some way. And he hasn't really been able to put together a viable campaign. Dan McGovern, what did you think of last week? Granted it was the opposition, but the whole McKee press conference to directly and go right after the Providence Journal on, on the story on the trial advocate. That was, I, I just don't recall a situation that someone uh, did something like that, and it was completely bullseyed right at them. Yeah, I'll tell you, one of the things that I think you and I uh, go back and forth with on this, uh, you know, fairly frequently, as, as two people who, it is our job to pay close attention to what's happening in the state. Yeah. Um, I didn't blink when I saw the original story about the child advocate and a search for a new one. I didn't care. It wasn't, it wasn't something that we were all gunning to, you know, have a big story on. And so Dan McKee may have felt really good by, you know, calling out the journal and in fact, getting a correction, God bless them. You know, when when you make a mistake, good, good on news organizations to admit it and fix it. But he raised the attention of something that nobody was paying attention to, yep. right? I, I thought it was, I thought it was the biggest. When you think last week should have been the the the, the beginning of the momentum kind of charge for Governor McKee, you get right. the NEA endorsement, you get the AFL CIO. Uh, that is huge in a Democratic primary. By the end of the week, you had a bunch of reporters kind of texting each other, saying, "What the heck is this guy doing? He's playing yeah. with the journal." You know, nobody even understand. No one was ever going to cover this other than, you know, a story in the journal. Um, I thought it was a, a big mistake. And again, yeah. it feels good. I, I know how these politicians think. It's, it's lovely. You know, you feel good when you can kind of show up a reporter. And, and, you know, it's weird, but it is what it is. But in this case, I think it just I think it started a conversation that was completely was never going to happen. Yeah, and, and on top of that, who was reading the story anyway? I mean, the, during the week and a child advocate story, and, and it all seemed to focus just because they included the quote from Carol McEntee. But, you know, your former colleague, Tennessee, he retweeted, you did that column last October. He spends a lot, Governor McKee spends more time arguing with the ref than focusing on the game. And he was just so adamant about it. And Dan McGowan also, we had the, you know, the, the soccer stadium in play. And it just showed this. I, I just, I even put out, it's like winning the battle, but losing the war. What was, what was the point of that? And they were so aggressive about it. Like well, it was... here, here's the other challenge. The other issue that, that Governor McKee has, and they, you know, he's not, he's not going to like to hear this, but he's got a boy who cried wolf problem because as I, I will tell you, this, I did not see the Tom Mooney journal story before they called the press conference. I just right. hadn't read, I didn't read it. Quite frankly, I didn't care. I knew that the the child advocate, uh, you know, was having a health issue, and and you know she's a wonderful lady and a good great advocate and a good person. So you know you send your best wishes to her. But this wasn't a news story. And then even as I started to hear a little bit about, well, it's possible the journal actually did make a mistake here, or at least they they you know the the, the governor's office has kind of covered themselves pretty well. In my head, I still said, you know what? This is just him complaining again. I'll bet you Rooney's got it. I'll bet you he's right. Right. And it takes a lot because I think the governor complains so much. Now, again, yeah. he got this one right. He may have got this one right. He may have won the battle, as you said. Well, well put. Um, I'm just not sure it wins the war. And the problem is, is that 
you know, two weeks from now, now that he's in his head been, vind- you know, vindicated, two weeks from now when, you know, when Channel 12 has another story that he doesn't like, he's going to think the way to do this is to yeah. say, it, it is the, you know, it's so corny to compare him to Donald Trump, compare every politician to Donald Trump, but this is the thing that Donald Trump, you know, felt, you know, very strong about. There'll be times where he would be criticized, you know, in, in report of the Times or by the Washington Post. And he probably at times had a point, right? They might have been overreaching, you know, maybe framing things in a, in a negative way. The problem is when you complain about everything, <laughs> then no one's going to ever take you seriously. That's right. Um, Excellent point. And I think he's I think he's got a little bit of that problem right now. Yeah, and especially the more we learned, there were multiple conversations apparently with the journal that day. How about just putting out a statement? We, you know, that's we dispute that. That's not what it was. That's the end of it. By the way, you're the governor of Rhode Island. You can you can walk into the journal building and immediately meet with an editor. There's no there. This is not. you know the guy next door who you know is upset about the way a story was framed and it's really hard and look report i'll admit this be the first one to admit this reporters we hate corrections right yeah we will we're gonna fight you and we're gonna you know find the way to justify whatever we think we're always gonna wrestle because we don't want to you know we don't want to be wrong but at the end of the day when you're the governor of rhode island you have the ability to you know to call people that the average person does not. And instead he chose to do this kind of public, you know, shaming in some ways. And, you know, I think you tweeted this and, and I agree with it is I've known Tom Mooney for my entire career. He's as good of a reporter as he there is. is. This He's isn't going to scare him. <laughs> no, no. And that's, if anything, there's an expression. Somebody has a glass jaw. You, yes. know, you can't take a punch, but to call a press conference, just to dance around and then point at him and then the whole thing, you got it wrong. Like that's your big win. I, I thought that was, yeah. well, I'll, should... I'll, I'm sure you want to move on, but I'll give you one. I'll just give you one, you know, uh, example of the governor uh, because, you know, I think there's, there's a, a segment of, you know, of his supporters who were saying, well, you know, again, he, in this case, he may have been right. And, you know, what do you mean by that? And what do you mean by, by saying that he, you know, argues with the refs and stuff? I mean, I'll give you an example. Not even remotely the same as, you know, making a mistake in, in print, but it was something I wrote early on about Governor McKee, uh, you know, what Bradbury took office, where I where I framed something in, in a way where I said, you know, his supporters, uh, it was it was with this ILO group, the education consulting group. And I, I suggested in, in my in roadmap in my newsletter that, his, uh, you know, his, con- he, he, that multiple supporters of his were involved. He got very upset because, in fact, you know, this, this one of these guys is not involved with ILO, whatever, doesn't matter. But uh, he was right. And I walked up to him, you know, after I made it clear, one, I made a correction in the newsletter. I also walked up to him and said, hey, governor, I got that one wrong. I apologize. You know, I was being too casual with the way I wrote it. Shook his hand, looked him in the face and told him I was wrong. But he still held a grudge about it for months afterwards, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's just the way they – that's that's who he is. Uh, I, I thought that was the, the wrong way to handle the journal. Folks, uh, quick break. Much more here. Dan McGowan, columnist of the Boston Globe, right here on the John DePietro Show. Remain healthy. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for her on Facebook, but call her 401-305-3585. You know the building. It's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's my health. What do you find inside? Well, first of all, great service, great selection, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skin care. It's my health. Pop in and see Marie. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401 305 3585. Diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. We're speaking with Dan McGowan, columnist of the Boston Globe. Dan, um, how significant? Uh, I, I think that Helena Folks, her getting the endorsement from Mayor Alorza last week, 
I, I thought that was a big plus. That shows me, you know, she's really doing whatever it'll take to win. I've heard some other people, you know, kind of dismissing it. But I, I thought, you know, it, it, it with the, the boat comes down and the, the battle is Providence, which it is. I, you tell me. I thought that was that was a, a good coup, especially if he will step up and and help her between now and September thirteenth. Absolutely, I think it's clear. You know, the problem with this is we talked about this last week because you know I, I wrote about Mayor Lewis in my column, wrote about his poll, and there's a lot of people, especially inside of the bubble, inside of the gang of five hundred, who don't want to believe that Mayor Lorza in his own backyard is relatively popular. And I say, well, if he was that popular, he would have run for governor. If he, this, that, and the other thing. Look, Mayor Lorza's made a lot of very questionable, sometimes I would say goofy decisions as mayor. Um, but, you know, we know what we've seen in the polling. We know what we've seen from the one time he's been on the ballot. Uh, you know, after initially getting elected, and he drubbed his Democratic primary opponent and his independent uh, opponent in a general election who had real money. Uh, Dee Dee, that's Dee Dee Whitman, had, you know, was a yeah. serious candidate for mayor, um, and, and he crushed her, right? So, yeah. so the idea that Mayor Lorza, you know, doesn't have at least some kind of, uh, you know, traction in Providence, that, that's kind of a bias that people have because they don't like his style. Right. Um, and look, I'm guilty of it too. I, there, again, there's things that I think he's done really wrong, but he definitely has traction. And if you look at our poll, when it came to, you know, the, the polling that governor's race, Helena Fultz was, you know, 1% or 0% among black and Latino voters. She needs to pick it up. She needs to put together yep. that Gina Raimondo coalition. It has to be the combination of the elites and the, um, and black and Latino support. Uh, this, I, I mean, is as big of an endorsement as you can get in the city of Providence. I, I don't know what else would be. I agree. Um, you, you know, re- remote, you know, what? I, I suppose if David Cicilline endorsed, which he's not going to do, that would be a very important, maybe that would be the biggest endorsement in yes. Providence, but the, yeah. that's not happening. And so the sitting mayor of Providence is, is a factor and he can be, somebody you know i was talking to one of his an admitted supporter of his uh after i wrote about it i think after i talked to you last week and they said to me you know go on a bike ride not that i'm ever going to do this but go on a bike ride with mayor lorsa and ride through the south side people are you know they, they come out of the house for him they, yes. they want him to come over yeah look you're gonna be proud about a mayor who looks like you who talks yeah, who right. can speak your language Yep. And so if he does some retail politicking, um, you know, in, in, the, in the next couple of weeks, I do think it's going to be a big, a big factor. And it starts to cut into the Nelly support, right? It starts to cut into the Governor McKee support. You know, there's a wide open race on the other side of the city. The east side will be really interesting. I think they're probably going to, you know, be somewhere in between Nelly Gorbea and Helena folks. But who knows? Mayor Lorza's endorsement could put people over the top there as well. So I, I think this is a huge endorsement. Um, and anyone who's, who's kind of writing it off, again, it just goes back to, you know, you don't want to like the mayor because you disagree with him. Yeah, I think, you know, Providence is its own kind of world. It's totally. different than the rest of the state. And I've been, he comes out to different events. People pose pictures with him. He knows everyone. The guy's been elected citywide twice. Dan McGowan, was his endorsement in play? Is there a reason why he went with folks instead of Nelly Gorbea? I mean, I hear, listen, a lot of times there's some kind of an ask, whether it's going to be for him or the first lady of the city. But how come he did not go with Nelly Gorbea? You know, strangely, they haven't ever had this, you know, deeply kind of tight relationship. You got to remember, right, Nelly Gorbea, who's her kind of, uh, you know, best political ally in Providence is Gonzalo Cuervo. Gonzalo right. Cuervo worked for the last two mayors, but not this one. That's right. right. And so when Jorge Alorza came into office, it's a great, I'm sure I'll, I'll try to write it after he leaves office or when he's nearing those final days. He had a lot of people who, remember, you know, he gets in because he's running against Buddy and everyone coalesces behind him and there's lots yep. of support. What happened though, and he, he still takes, uh, you know, uh, 
had some umbrage with it is after after he won, everybody came asking. Everybody had, hey, I, you know, can you hire my friend here? Can you do this? Can you put this person? Hey, protect this person. He'll talk about it. And he was very offended. And in fact, you know, lost a lot of relationships right out of the gate with powerful people, Speaker Mattiello, people like yeah. that. Um, because he was kind of saying, no, he wanted to do his own thing. Um, now, I don't know that Nelly went that far, but I do think he kind of looks at the, let's call it the establishment political class with, you know, kind of some level of, he kind of rolls his eyes at everybody. And I think, yeah. I, I assume Polina folks put in a big effort. Um, you know, you're always going to be kind of charmed by the person who works the hardest for you, uh, you know, for your support. And I think Helena folks in the last couple of weeks, from what I understand, it's just the last couple of weeks that this has happened. Um, Helena folks has called them constantly. They're texting. They're, they're friends. They've become friends. Um, and, and sure, you know, what, what happens down the line? You know, is there a judgeship or, a, right. uh, you know, anything like that down the line? All of those things, I think, are possibly in play. But again, they would have they could have been in play anywhere. You know, any, right. anyone's going to be able to you, if you want the sitting mayor's endorsement, you, you, know, you can give them something somewhere. Uh, so he, he was he was a little bit dazzled by her, but she worked the hardest. That's the bottom line. She she tr- she wanted this endorsement. She went out and got it. Uh, folks, let's move with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan McGowan, where is the folks campaign right now? Uh, that was a big endorsement. She's definitely there. She's definitely spending money. Um, where is she now as we're coming inside the window? Your eyes. Well, you know, I think she's probably, I, you know, we, I'm, I'm wait, we're waiting to see. I'm hoping Channel 12 actually has a, you know, a, a new poll at some point relatively soon because, you know, I, we haven't seen the public polling. What you hear from people within her team is, yeah, we're right there. We're in the low 20s now. Uh, right there with everybody else. This is a three-way, you know, battle for you know, 35, 38, God forbid, the number uh, percent of the vote here. And so in some ways, she, she spent a ton of money and she's gotten to, you know, where she needed to be, go from zero to that. Uh, the question is, is just, you know, how much more is she going to spend and wh- what does she do to kind of get to the next level kind of feels it. I think Nellie Gorbea had a poll out this week and her, uh, I was surprised they put it out because it kind of looks like everybody has stalled. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's still a big 20% some odd undecided. Um, those undecided voters need somewhere to go. Um, you know, I know everybody in this, lab, you talk to a lot of the experts and they're telling me, Oh, that, you know, there's going to be low turnout. There's going to be low turnout. I, you know, I don't know. I, I think, Post-Trump, you know, 18, 20, and now 22, turnout, I think it's been pretty strong, certainly yes. 18 and 20. Maybe it goes, it regresses a little bit, but I do think independence needs somewhere to go, and, and Helena Folks probably makes the most sense for them. So all of that is a way of saying, yes, she spent a lot of money. Some, I think a lot of us are scratching our heads how she's spending it, but uh, she's right there. She, you know, she's not going to fade away. Dan McGowan, uh, before we talk about roadmap, I'm just curious. You mentioned it. Boy, that's Cynthia Mendez. I mean, I don't agree with her on issues, but I I thought she was very powerful on that newsmakers debate, your former colleagues. Yeah, well, look, you know, I, I have been I've had the unfortunate um role of you know sitting in the room for those for the for the undercard kind of debates right the 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 ones that nobody watches and they're tough to pay attention to right i've had to write the story on dan mckee versus aaron regenberg that kind of stuff uh this one had some fireworks and it is you're right it's because cynthia mendes is somebody who's willing to you know who is willing to call out her colleagues and she went really hard after deborah jury i think if, if i was sabina matos on friday um, you know, you want you want as many people as possible to see that debate because she kind of came across, I think, as the you know the person who was going to let these two kind of go at it, and you know, sort of came across, I suppose, as the grown up to some degree. Yeah, she she went after Deborah Hero very aggressively. Very hard, Folks, yeah. you hear me mention roadmap. Uh, it arrives each morning in my inbox. It has news of the day. It has links to all the top stories. Uh, Nathan Carmen's not getting out. Uh, various other stories that appear in in the Boston Globe, and also we are best uh, deal to get oysters. 
And Dan McGowan, right now, if you'd be so kind to uh, make the offer of how people can get roadmap starting tomorrow. Yeah, one of my favorite things that, that happens after you and I talk every week is my, my inbox just fills up with blank emails. Good. Uh, because that's how we sign people up. Very simple. Send me a blank email. Don't have to write anything else. I'll know what it is to rinews at globe.com. Rinews at globe.com. Like John said, you get a little bit of new stuff from me. Sometimes it's breaking a story. Sometimes it's analysis. Uh, sometimes it's just a little fun. You get all the stories from my colleagues about Rhode Island and the Globe. And then, of course, all the great stories, you know, baseball trade deadline coverage, you know, now getting into Patriots stuff for the sports. So, rinews at globe.com and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. Folks, he's Dan McGowan. Dan, great job as always. And we'll talk to you again. John, have a great day. Thank you. The Kui sit in. 226 Cohesit Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Cohesit Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Cohesit Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Cohesit Inn to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website dipetro.com remember weekdays 11 to 2 but visit the website dipetro.com that's the best way to reach me there's a direct link contact john we also have all our sponsors right there we have unique original reporting stories videos also all our links to social media whether it's facebook when we do facebook live or youtube or twitter it's all right there at the website dipetro.com and then remember once you're there you can also visit the shop we have great gifts that you can get it's a happening all links to the show plus if you ever miss any part of the show it's all right there under radio show right there folks it all starts by logging on at dipetro.com and on the left hand side you can always listen live again all our links everything begins and ends right there at the website dipetro.com the Centerdale Revival. Stop it and see them. Comfort food and cocktails. You're going to love the Centerdale Revival. Located 2025 Smith Street, North Providence, right in Centerdale, right across from North Providence Town Hall. Delicious food, delicious drinks, live entertainment on the weekends. Shane and his crew, they're waiting for you. A great time is going to be had by all at the Centerdale Revival, 2025 Smith Street in North Providence to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm remember you can always listen online at our website dipetro.com folks visit the website on the website you'll see all our links to social media whether it's facebook or youtube instagram even tiktok plus you if you want to reach me that's the best way to do it we have unique original stories videos content log on right at the website dipetro.com Home Again Consignment, located Governor Francis Shopping Center, fine furniture, art, antiques, glassware, jewelry, buy, sell, or sell in consignment, and estate sales are provided. It's Home Again Consignment. Call John, 401-463-3310. Again, located right in Warwick in the Governor Francis Shopping Center, Home Again Consignment.